0: Hey guys, welcome to the Fitness Business Blueprint podcast. And today I've got a special guest and it's Khaled Almasri. Khaled is a California native and he's been a leader in the fitness industry for over 12 years. Khaled has worked with over 300 trainers across various big box chains and he was responsible for over $4 million a year in trainer revenue. So Khaled's work as the founder of the Rise Elevate your world a business conference for fitness professionals as well as a consulting business called rise elite and he's been helping fitness entrepreneurs who are kind of one to three years into the business to lay the foundations needed to become successful uh, and go to that next level so if you 're in that position right now you 've kind of got a couple of the basics out of the way and you're really looking to become a powerhouse in your area you're looking to scale up or even just get things more sustainable this is going to be Um, literally an epic podcast that you need to listen to and shut off everything else. So many of you guys will know, Carl is pretty much the fourth person I've had on this podcast so far. And that's not because I love the sound of my own voice. No, I do love the sound of my own voice. But apart from that, it's also because um, Carl is one of the very few guys, very few guys uh, I trust to come on here and speak to you because I, I, I take the responsibility of having an audience very seriously. I could have easily pimped out my podcast and gone and interviewed 12 million people um, just to get in front of their audiences, but I don't wanna do that. I just wanna give you the best quality information from people that are they're have they're, been there, are doing it, and they're still doing it. And so welcome
1: to the show, Carlette. It is an honor to have you here, my friend. Thank you. Je- I'm honored to be on, man. I'm just, to be one of the, the only four on your show means a lot to me. So thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, I, I can retire after this. I'm just going to we'll shut the whole thing down and uh, <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll, we'll ride off into the sunset. Let's do um, it, man. I'll come to Cyprus to visit you. <laughs> you, you, better, you better do. You're going you're gonna to speak at my next event. Awesome. You know? I'm there, man. <laughs> I love uh, there. So right, well let you know. Well, let's get things started. We were we were talking just before we we hit record, and we were going into some real good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, whoa, we need to hit record and share this stuff." <laughs> and really interesting first point we were talking about is that there's a lot of stuff. You know, fit pros I think are very confused today about growing their business because many reasons, but but the main one that we see as consultants and experts and advisors and mentors we see that i think a lot of the information out there while it's well intended is just focusing too much on the wrong things what would you what would you say to that do you do you agree
1: Uh, I think what, you know, everyone, what you're seeing is how to get to how to be that next six figure trainer, how to be that next seven figure trainer. I mean, there's even a guy right now, running Facebook ads on how to be an eight figure gym. And it's like, man, like, I know trainers that like in 12 years of doing this, I know very few trainers that are making six figure six figures, like they're profiting, they maybe grossing six figures, but I know very few that are netting six figures and I think I think it's just the there's such a misconception of what it truly takes to create a six-figure fitness business and it just it's almost a head fake for anyone coming new into the industry because it's it's like the wild wild west it's actually the theme of my event rise this year is called it's the wild wild west of the fitness business because there's just so much stuff coming at the fit pro that they just freeze like I don't know what to do so I'm going to leave the industry because I'm not figuring, I can't figure out how to make it work.
0: Yeah. And so it's a good point there on six figures. You know, we, everyone talks about six figure revenue and um, you know, the truth is if, if if more gyms could hit six figures in profit or even a six figure salary for the owner yeah. it would be a whole different story, you know, but, and that's what no one's talking about is, you know, you can be six, you can, I mean, and you can, you can be six figures in profit and still broke. Yeah. And you know, uh, a lot I think a lot of people aren 't aren 't talking about cash flow they 're not talking about you know proper business systemization they 're not talking about tracking the finances they 're not talking about they 're not talking about what you just mentioned there like the like the the crisis we 're in and i wouldn't i mean i wouldn 't call it a crisis i think a crisis is we 're in an industry shift we' in we 're in the end of a cycle uh, and the crisis is obviously Oh, some some trainers, the majority of trainers, experience that shift because they weren't prepared. Uh, whereas other trainers might see it as as a huge opportunity of wealth transfer. Um, but, but yeah, it's a massive thing, and this is this is why I'm excited for this conversation because I there's very few like like you I can speak to on this level, and not get glazed eyes. Um, <laughs> but one thing we talked about uh, actually at our immersion event this list last week is I mean, I've been telling my guys for a while is I tend to to see things happen in kind of seven-year cycles in this industry, and I think we're coming to the fallout of the last seven-year cycle right now, because when I started my first fitness boot camp uh, in Europe about eight years ago, uh, it was brand new. Like, nobody knew what a fitness boot camp really was. I know in the States, you guys are a little bit ahead, probably five years ahead of us, Uh, but but from when that boot camp craze started in the UK and Europe, and then a lot of trainers started quitting their jobs and going and starting off and being self-employed. And I think these six figure gurus and that kind of thing jumped on the bandwagon and promised everyone an easy laptop lifestyle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we've hit that fallout now where enough trainers have, have paid all their money into these coaches. They've splashed out money on these webinars. they've um, And they've been running on fumes for the last couple of years, racking up debts, personal debts, business debts, and I see right now we're at a crunch point because so a lot of them just can't carry on. And what I think we're going to see going forward, and this, and I know this because we're actually doing this, and my clients are doing this too, is you know it's really going to be now a process of wealth transfer, acquisitions, consolidations, and regulation. Um, and we're seeing this. We're we're getting like trainers in our area come to us to, to our gym. And being like, look, I just want a job. Like, I don't want to run a business. I don't want to do all this. I don't want the overheads. I don't want the stress. Um, can I just, you know, you've got a kick-ass uh, training center. Could I just work for you? And I'll just give you all my clients. And we're—I don't know if you're seeing that in, in the states, but we're seeing a lot of that over here right now. Uh,
1: um, I, I don't think to the level you're seeing it just yet. Uh, I think we—I mean, there's such an influx of new mom and pop gyms being opened that and you know i think what we're seeing more here is the franchise model start to take off the f45s the fit body boot camps the uh the camp transformations and it's funny. like i know the people behind the scenes of those franchises and i think what a lot of people are doing is jumping on that bandwagon of saying i'm just going to open up a franchise and just run their play so that I'm, i can say i have a gym but i i'm not really i'm just i'm still i still have a job because i'm still I'm working for somebody the person who owns the franchise but i think you're right like i really feel in the next three to five years and i talked about this at an event i was just at, is is we're at a point in the fitness industry where there is a lot of disruption happening in the fitness space and it's companies like peloton and the mirror i don't know if you've heard of the mirror where it's like mm-hmm. a full-length mirror that you could do a workout on with other people that have the mirror and you have a trainer looking at you in the mirror, working out with you. Like, uh, <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like all these, so these there's this disruption from these other companies, and, and I, we're at the point now where the industry has to innovate, and the boutique studio, the mom and pop, the big box, like they have to innovate to be able to keep up with what is happening in that digital technology space that's disrupting the fitness space. And I really feel the only way we're gonna be able to do that is deliver results at the highest level and the experience has to be bar none the top experience when i come into your facility and i think if you don't have both of those two in place you're not going to make it
0: yeah i think that's right yeah so there's definitely uh a lot of money big money going into the health wellness fitness space right now that the local guys just can't really compete on hence these franchises um kicking off and uh I think as well, uh, yeah, like you said there, you know, um, results, experience has to come number one. Because that's the thing that the big the big gyms aren't going to compete on, right? They're actually probably going to try and move away from that stuff to cut costs.
1: Uh, um, absolutely. Possible. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, they're going to be, and you see it, right? You see the model with the $10 gym, and you see the model with that middle of the space gym. Like, the big boxes are trying to, you know, they're introducing... And I've been a part of, you know, many different big boxes where they're introducing small group or team training, but the one thing they can't get is the experience, right? There's still a corporate model and that model can't deliver that type of experience across a national level where you have clubs, you know, you have companies with over 400 gyms, like to be able to deliver stellar experience across all four gyms is just not duplicatable. So I think as a gym owner or as an independent trainer, Or as a mom and pop gym owner, like I, I, for me, I would I would focus on experience and making sure we're delivering. Our clients are getting like world class results. And do you see that? Do you see a lot of the the big box gyms? Do Do you
0: think they are going to be kind of narrowing in on the boutiques and trying to take
1: a a cut of their pie? Uh, Absolutely, I, I think they would. It would be it would be smart of them to. Follow that that follow that path because they understand that's kind of what the what the market is looking for. And and, and we and I experienced that when I was in San Francisco, uh, you know, we'd have members that were members of my gym, but then they belong to Orange Theory. They belong to Soul Cycle because each one provided they were there for the experience, the community, the tribe. And, I, and you're trying to see a lot of the big gyms start to go in that direction. I just think they're well behind the mark because. They The model is different, right? The model is, get, let's get a bunch of members in, let's get them signed up on a gym membership, and then let's hope they never use the gym. Because if, if you really think about it, if every single member used the gym at one of these big box gyms, the fire marshal would shut the doors, because you're talking tens of thousands of members, so they're banking on people just not using the gym, which then – uh, my question to that is, well, how good are we of a job are we doing really helping change people's lives if we're banking on them not coming to the gym? Yeah, it's one of the things uh, we talked about last week is I think I see a lot of the pit pros,
0: I think they're not leading because they're, they're still, the boutiques are overall still reacting to the big box gyms. They're still looking up to the big boxes. And I said, no, 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 they're looking at you. Mm-hmm. They're too big to lead. You know, they're too slow and clunky. They're looking at what you're doing and they're trying to reverse engineer you. And if you're trying to reverse engineer them, that's why nothing's moving forward. Yep. And um, yeah, I think like the, the boutique guys are listening to this. Like you guys have got to step up. You've got a the big, the big boxes are gunning for, for what you do, you know, and they have all the money, they have all the equipment, they have all the resources and you just can't compete on that. No. And so, <laughs> so it, it sounds like a bit of a tight spot and we don't want to sound like it's all doom and gloom. Because I think that in any, any crisis or any shift like this, if a few doors are closing, like, for example, you're, you're not really going to be able to compete now on having the nicest equipment or the nicest facility because, you know, some dude will just drop $5 million on a place next to you that looks even better. So if these doors are closing, I always think that there's going to be new doors and new opportunities opening that, that the smart, agile, leading fit pros who are listening to this today can be taking advantage of. So, what do you think might be some of those avenues that? I mean, I know you said results and experience, which is spot on. But from like a strategic level, what do you think might be some of the areas that you think these fit pros should be looking into to carve out a new uh, market share for themselves?
1: I, I think for I, I think the big the one that we always tend to lose sight of because we're always so focused in our own facility is we talk about the gym being like that third place, right? You have work you have the home and then you have the gym, but third place doesn't just also include the gym. It also includes Starbucks or whatever their favorite coffee shop is, their favorite restaurant, their favorite nail place. Like if, if they drink wine, their favorite wine place. So as for me, knowing there is another, I'm, I'm not just competing with like the big boxes. I'm also comp- competing with what's that other third place that they go to when they're not going to the gym. And then for me strategically, how do I get involved with those other third places so that I become top of mind, even at those other places when I'm like when people are talking about fitness, th- that I am the first person they talk about or my gym is the first person I've talked about because I've built relationships with those other third places.
0: Good, good. Yeah. And if, have you got any examples of things that you or someone you know is, is doing with that right now in a certain area?
1: So I, we are doing it. So a couple of the clubs, I have a couple of my coaching or consulting clients. I have one local here in Texas, and we know that there's something, um, there is a, a bowling place called pin strike right across the street from where he is. And every Friday and Saturday night, that place is packed. Uh, and that's where a lot of families go. And a lot of his clients are that go there. Uh, so what, what we did is we did a campaign with them, offering them, basically, he gave away a, he did a drawing, uh, so enter to win a VIP, you know, it's a two-hour time spot VIP section of this bowling alley to get leads, and basically what it is did is he ended up getting, um, we're, 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 we're going to implement it, and the goal is whatever leads he gets, those are going to be potential clients, but in return, those leads now he can give this bowling alley is like hey i ran a contest i got you some leads so you're it's reciprocal i'm going to help you grow your lead base at the same time i'm going to get new leads into my business and and this is something we did for rise for my event is uh, i gave away a barbell so enter your name to win a free road barbell we we ended up in 30 days we got 1200 opt-ins nice yeah. So it's all about collaboration and giving more Absolutely. If I can collab, like why, why try to bang my head on a wall, trying to figure out how to do this all by myself when like, like who else, and I always tell this to any fit pros, who else has your, who else has your market, right? Like if you looked at where else are they going, why try to figure it all out by myself? Let me just start showing up where else that are going. And then let me figure out how I can connect with whoever that owner is or that uh, managers of that facility and figure out how we can collaborate to because they need leads as well so why not do something together for, versus you on your own trying to figure it out
0: yeah that's it so so that's a good like good bigger picture overview of the industry and where things are headed if we take a bit of a, a closer to home look what would you say is the number one thing that you see FitPro struggling with in the internal day-to-day operations of their business
1: it's 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 systems man it's like how does my place run and I always ask him like if I took you out of the facility what would happen the doors would close I'm like then you don't have a business you have a job so our ideal is how how do I make this thing a business so that at one point here's the thing though you got to also remember like when you're first starting out like systems and scaling is all great but when you're first starting out uh, you need sales <laughs> and you need a sales system and you got to figure out how to get leads. And the one thing I always, I'm starting to realize is the messaging, like, right, what's your, who is your ideal market? I think at this point to say I'm I'm a trainer I help people lose weight is just going to go by the wayside because everybody does that. And everybody has said that over the years of being in this fitness industry. And so I think for me, it's how do I get the message? How do I create a new market that's going to resonate with my messaging. Cause I think that's how you start to get to a hundred thousand or that six figure. You, you need something different, something new, a different market. So, What's a market out there that hasn't been established yet or hasn't been talked to yet. Once you define that as your ideal market, I think that's the biggest piece is really figuring out. I don't know who I'm, I'm going to work with everybody. So I'm really not going to help anybody until I really figure out who it is that I really, want to work with or work for. And I think that was the biggest challenge for me was, I want, I was a generalist and it wasn't until, you know, what, shoot, three years in, I realized I wanted to work with men who were 50 pounds overweight. And and because I knew being a guy who at one point had to lose over 75 pounds, like I knew what was going through their minds. I knew that, you know, for me, I'd run by the shower, you know, by the shower, or oh, I'm sorry, by the mirror when I got out the shower because I was I didn't want to look at myself naked, and it, I I say that to a lot of the clients I work with who are men who want to lose that much weight, and they're like, yeah, I do that too, or I've done that myself, and so it wasn't until I got clear on that messaging and who my market was that my business started to grow.
0: Totally, and I think and I think a lot of people do look a bit too much into because we say this to trainers, and they say, well, you know. I do want to work with women or like the kind of busy mums, and I don't want to work with men or athletes or things. And I think what we're saying is, you don't, you don't even have to go and find like a different gender or a different audience. Most of them just don't have a specific message to that one person they could carve out and just have a, just just sing a different song that nobody else is singing basically. Um, you know, like, you know, in our content, I mean, we, Our content marketing contains like pretty much next to nothing to do with fitness or nutrition. Um, We just talk about self-confidence, and um, our slogan in the gym is "Love yourself again." Yeah, and like that's all we talk about. Like it just—if you'd read our Facebook page, it just looks like a Tony Robbins thing, right? right? (laughs) And and, you know, we don't even talk about like obviously they see we do fitness because we have barbells in the picture, Uh, but we like don't really talk about that whatsoever. It's just so so. You know, we don't want trainers to think like you have to go and find some. Oh, I've got to work with you know left-handed, freaking, you know monkey juggling (laughs) clowns or something. Like, no, it's not like (laughs) uh, you're going to end up with a market that's not even big enough. But, but just find if if you if you you do work with that with that general female audience, which is really most of you, just find a new message or find or you know or realize like uh, talking to a 25-year-old female is not the same as a 35-year-old female. Uh, I, I'm just get narrow in that message, uh, and that's what no one's doing.
1: No, no, and everyone's like, well, I work with women. Well, like you said, a 25-year-old with no kids and a 35-year-old with three kids, and the, like, it's not going to resonate. Like, the 35-year-old with three kids is going to be completely turned off because you're going to tell her, I need you to cook your meals, plan your food, meal prep, and she's like, I got three kids. Like, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. So they get lost in that. So you, you're not clear on like, okay, who is it that like, what's a mom of three kids going to need? Like how, what's the best way to help her get results? And then it might not be even losing weight. I mean, there might be a whole, like, I want to be a better mom. Like I don't feel like I'm inadequate as a mom. And that could be your messaging is my, our fitness studio helps you become a better mom. And here's how we do it. Yeah. Like empowering you to be a better, best you. Right. And, uh, exactly.
0: and I think this is, and this problem goes deeper because a lot of, trainers will hear this and go, oh, like avatar client, I've got it. I've heard that before. I've got the worksheets. And it's like, great. Well, you know, if it's been 10 years and you haven't done it yet, um, the problem goes a lot deeper because what we really see, especially with, like you said, you've got to stand out now with an offer uh, and, and really show who you are. And I think what I'm, what I'm seeing, what I see is a trend where if you don't know exactly who you're speaking to or what your message is, then you don't have a value proposition, which means like you don't actually, you can't actually give value to your audience. It's not just about marketing. It's about what value do you actually give people? And then, you know, when we know who our target market is, like busy mums, for example, and we also know then, okay, well, we, we know now how we need to engineer our product. And what, I, what we teach our guys is if you want to overcome sales objections, you need to engineer your product. If you have an engineered product for your target market, the product should eliminate the objections as it is. So if your objection is, well, I'm too busy, maybe you shouldn't have 90 minute workouts. Maybe you should have already thought of that, know your target audience is busy, and say, you know what, I know you're busy and that's why we only have 30 minute workouts three times a week and you'll still lose fat. 100%. And then there's no objection anymore. But so if you don't know who you're talking to, you can't engineer your product to be different or to solve those problems. And then you're going to have sales resistance and objections. Uh, and then that leads them to go and do some, you know, whatever kind of sales course that they, they paid $10,000 for <laughs> to learn like the ninja closing. Right. <laughs> to, you know, um, and, and, and I, I see it like there's, there's, Fibro is chasing so many of these tactics and courses and specific skills, which could just be eradicated if they would just put an, a badass product together, but they can't put that together because they don't know who they're speaking
1: to. 100%, 100%. A lot of it, and a lot of it is, and, and it's, it's kind of, it's our fault as an industry because we don't, uh, you look at a lot of the certifications, they don't prep them for business. They prep them to be a really good technician And at some point, like if you're working at a big box, like cool, like you can make, and that's why I love, I tell trainers, man, when you're first starting out, go work at a big box, go learn and make mistakes and figure out who you are and figure out who you want to work with. Get all that out of the way and get it all figured out so that when you make that transition out of that big box, you now have a game plan and you're not just leaving, taking all your clients and think your business is, you're going to be an entrepreneur now because that doesn't work and I've in 12 years they always come back and they always be like I made a mistake I want to come back I, and, and it's like man like so it's it's just we don't do a good job prepping that next group of fit pros how to be business entrepreneurs
0: no I totally agree there's just um, yeah none of it out there really is it and, and what I find is we're we end up doing well, trying to undo a lot of that damage because the first thing they're taught is, yeah, you're a solopreneur. You are the value. You are the business. They wrap their identity around that. And then it becomes very hard to separate from that later on when we then say, oh, hey, like the business shouldn't depend on you. And it's like we're
1: speaking Chinese to them. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, and it's doing, I mean, you're talk, you mentioned identity. We're now for them, like, you know, I know it was like, well, sell your value. Sell what you're worth. And, it's, and I've, I, I've had to undo so much of that, and it's just like, well, no, because I, Khaled, or Justin, I'm not, I I can't put a price on me, like I'm priceless. But for Mm -hmm. me, it's, what's the value of your program? Like, what's that worth? What's the value of the results you get? That's what you put the value on. It's not the value of me, the individual, because I can't put a price on you, but I can put a price on this 12-week program because of the results it gets is a $1,000 a month. And we can guarantee that because here's the social proof of what we've, done, what we've done with that. That's sell the value and sell what you're worth. Sell what the program is worth, not you as the individual.
0: Yeah, and I've always hated that line, the, the charge what you're worth thing, because well, you're nev- you'll never get what you're worth. No. You'll get what the market can bear and how good your positioning allows okay. at the end of the day, right? I mean, you can have the best, even, even make the, be the best trainer in the world. You know, You're not gonna charge $10,000 a session. No, <laughs> you know it's just it's just not gonna happen it's not that they haven't and, and, and you know it's just there's no sales objection for that and um yeah so much so much undoing of things so what would you say is what's what's one piece of advice you give trainers that you don't hear anybody else talking about like one real rare gem that isn't talked about enough
1: man Uh, that's a good question. What do I give? Uh, it's for, for a lot of the rise call working, you know, clients I work with, it's, it's the one, the one piece we focus on where with outside of scaling in six figures is your, your, your onboarding and your customer adventure journey. Like I started really dialing in to that and really helping them because for me that is, as you're making sales, understanding, where your client is in, their pro, in that process and in that onboarding process, I, I think for me is very different than going out there and just saying, hey, go put out content and go make a sale and pitch your program. It's like, hey, let's before we do that, let's really figure out where your clients are and their client adventure journey from. And it, it's broken down into awareness, engagement, they subscribe, they, they set up a, a consultation with you, they purchase, you know, your front end offer, they're super excited. And then they go up through your core offerings, right? Once I'm done with that front end offer, what's the next upsell? What's the upsell after that all the way to promoter where they are now the advocate of your business, and they are spreading the gospel of what you do. Helping FitPros map that out has been like in the last six months has been one of the biggest eye openers because now they realize, Oh, crap, like, I don't know. Where my, I don't know what, what I'm running. I don't have systems. I don't have, I'm missing things in my business. And so instead of saying, go make more sales, like go get more leads, it's like, no, like I can get you 100 leads, but if you're not converting them because of what's happening along that journey, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. So I've, I really tend to focus on that piece first before I even talk about anything else.
0: Yeah. That, you know, straight on, it's uh, it's that revolving door thing which makes them no better than the big gyms, right? Just focusing so much on strangers and you're not even serving the people that are actually trusting you and paying you and and putting food on your table right now.
1: Yep, yep. So instead of going wider, right? Instead of going, how do I go deeper with the clients I have? Because if you really think about it, like how many clients do you really need to live the life you want to live? And I asked that question in an event a couple weeks ago and it was like 100 150 i'm like awesome go get that and then let's go work on getting you that number instead of i need 100 leads every single month it's like you don't have a lead issue you have a conversion issue let's figure out what's going on with your conversions and then now let's get you to that number because i then i know once you're at that number life is amazing yeah and then the retention issue as well right yeah yeah they're retaining the lifetime value of a client now goes from three months to six months to a year to a couple years and now that's a few you know that's thousands of dollars and now now it makes sense when we start layering layering that marketing campaign it was like hey how much are we are are you willing to spend on your marketing well the question is how long does a client stay with you because if i get you one and we know they stay for 12 months and that's six thousand dollars then we kind of have an idea of what your marketing budget can be, I'm not saying you're going to spend that much money, but we know we can spend a couple, a grand or two because we know one client has a value of 6,000.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nice. Yeah. And then it doesn't take many of those every, every month, right? No. Right. How many, then, then the question is, how many of those do you really need every single month to be able to build a, a sustainable business to get you to that six figure number?
0: Perfect. And then, uh, so you, know, you, you do the, uh, you know, you're the, you're the, uh, the, the, creator, the organizer, the host of the, uh, the rise conference. So I know you've got some interesting stories about that. So, um, would you mind sharing a bit about your sto- your backstory about how the event came about and, um, yeah, what is, what is, t- what, you know, what, what, what are you, what are you most happy about? What, what are you most proud about from the rise event over the years so far and what do you love about it?
1: Yeah, it's uh it started in 2013. In March of 2013, I just came back from a mastermind and I, I went on Facebook and I said, Hey, I'm putting on an event in San Francisco. At that time it was called NorCal Fitness Summit. I was like, I'm looking for speakers. And that was really how the whole thing there was no business plan, there was no blueprint. It was just it was a Facebook post and I figured it out along the way. And uh, that first event, we had 30 people. In a gym. One of my friends in San Francisco had a gym. So we used her gym. We had 30 people. And it that was the start of it, man. And it, it's been uh it's been seven years in the making. Uh, you know, last year we had 250 people at a Hilton in San Jose, California. And so it's just it, for me it, to see it grow every single year. And this year it's in Dallas. It's the first time it's in Texas. Uh since I relocated to to Texas, I relocated the event. And so I'm excited for what Texas has to bring. I think for me, man, like the biggest thing I love seeing is when an attendee writes their first book and it was because of something they got from the event or when they opened up up the first gym and their first studio and it was because of what they learned at the event or one of them just got nominated for best of personal trainer in her area and it was because of something from the event. And so when all these other events are talking about, let's make you the next six figure trainer. For me, it's like, man, like, let's make you the next author. Let's make you, let's have you open up your first gym. Let's get you the best of nomination in your area. Like the money will come because of, of, of a because of the behaviors and the actions you took. And so the messaging of Rise is so different than any other conference because I see what's happening and I see what's happening with my attendees. And man, that, that gets me excited to keep like, putting on an event is hard, man. You deal with and you know this, you're dealing with hotels and food and beverage minimums and people buying tickets the last minute, which stresses me out. And so when I see these little notes and these little messages and people sending me thank you cards, that, that, that's what excites me about the event.
0: Yeah, you know, it is hard work, man. I love that you're doing it and you're one of the very few who does it consistently, because it was a great lesson to the fit pros right uh it's like lead, you know look at what's the hardest thing to do the lo- the highest barrier to entry that most of your competitors are just not going to have the stomach for and lean into that yep you know yep. And, and and stick with it and yeah you're going to come out that side and uh, so what's what's lined up for the next one and what are you going to do to make the
1: next one even even more special yeah, so we got it. So it's we have the next one's November eighth, 9th, and tenth here in Dallas, Texas. The theme is the Wild Wild West, and it has nothing to do with Texas, even though it kind of makes sense. Um, but this time, you know, we've added we've added breakout sessions. There's an actual workbook. So I've taken everything that I've seen at events that I didn't like, that I thought should be included. At, you know, the implementation piece and actually doing the work right then and there and then having a breakout session where where the speakers are still in the in the room where i can go now and ask a question that is with all the events that are out there in the fitness space especially in the us like that's for me like that's the distinction between rise and everybody else is we're actually doing work there is a workbook there's breakout sessions there's um our topics of speakers so each day has a different theme so the event is the wild wild west but Friday is all about attraction. Uh, Saturdays all about selling and conversion, conversions and Sunday is all about the wow and the experience And so I have speakers we have about 20, 22 speakers to, that are speaking on various sub you know subjects and skill sets within those themes. So very different than probably any event that any Fit Pro has gone to um, where it's not just sitting in the audience and it's speaker after speaker after speaker like you are, you're doing some work and you're implementing so that when you leave Sunday, Monday, it's just opened up my workbook. Awesome. What's that one domino that I learned that if I just, I got to drop this one domino because if I do, all the other, other dominoes will start lining up but, and that you don't find that other event. So, so, so it's not all even, it's not the fluff anymore. It's the implementation.
0: Yeah. that's so what it's all about less information, more implementation, right? It's exactly. um, going to be the way forward. So cool. So, you know, um, going back to the guys then in their gyms. Um, what would you say about where, where do you, where do you see fit pros
1: tripping up with things like recruiting or team leadership? Would you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that was my, uh, that was my wheelhouse for so long with the big box base. And that's where I made my first mistakes was I tried to push everybody. I saw everybody as, A number right like you had a dollar amount tied to your name and if you weren't delivering that dollar amount like i didn't even like my management style was horrible and i lost trainers that way and revenue walked out the door because they went somewhere else and so ideally man like it's all for me it's all about casting a vision right like as a leader like what is the vision of your studio what is the vision of your gym And is everybody bought into the vision and not so much like it's not putting up my core values on a wall and be like, that's our vision. It's like, no, like I've seen too many gyms do that. And those core values have no meaning and no context. So for me, it's really as a team, as a leader, like get everybody bought into the bigger vision and the direction we're headed to get to that vision. I think that's the first point. And the second point is treating your team is as they're human right they have their own challenges and they have their own um, goals and ambitions and things they want to achieve like what are those and I and, and as I begin now with some of my coaching clients it's really defining like what what's your end game with opening up the studio or what or what's having the studio like what are you trying to accomplish like what do you what legacy are you trying to leave or like what motivates you or excites you those are the things as a leader, I wish I would have done earlier that I do now that make the biggest difference because immediately there's trust established as, oh, this guy's looking out for me. He has my best interest at heart. And when you do that, man, they they will go to bat for you every single day.
0: I really think uh, vision is what's lacking so many fit pros. They just don't think big enough, which is, you know, you can put it down to a confidence issue, definitely. But I also think it's, it's when you don't look at the overall market and industry, like, like being a leader, like you said, you've got to look at the internal, know your team and know what they want. But you've got to know where your industry is going too, right? Because if, not, if you're steering the ship, but you can't see the iceberg up ahead, um, you're, how can your team really trust you? Exactly. You know, and you end up with these trainers, like you mentioned earlier, working somewhere for a while and then quitting and getting a, quote, real job somewhere because there's not enough safety and security created by fit pros at this level yet where they can recruit trainers and say with confidence, hey, you know what, you can have a 20 year career with us here, because we yep. know where we're going and we're gonna be safe.
1: Yep, and, and, um, and that's where working with guys like you and attending events and, and really just keeping as, a, as an owner, that's, those are the things I would be doing is let me surround myself with those people that are, can, that are seeing what's happening three to five years down the road. So I can start taking some of that stuff back into my place and really start, if we're talking about experience and results are gonna be what's gonna set you apart in community. And, and, and we talk about that's what's gonna, as a boutique, like that's what sets you apart from the big box gym that they can't do. Then what, are, what can I start doing today in those three categories to make sure that we are leading and that my team understands, hey, our focus moving forward is around these three things. How do we make dc things the best in our area, how do we dominate in those three things? That's how I would see that's the casting of the vision of hey, we know what's happening in the next three to five years. Here's what we're going to do now to make sure that we are set up to succeed in the next three to five years.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's why we tell FitPros, like, you know, this it's gone on too long. Like, you need to know how to run your marketing, you need to get your offers in place because. It's getting, it's getting to a critical point now. It's like you guys have had years to put this, the information has been out there for years on this stuff. And it, you know, the more time you're, you're spending in marketing and fulfillment and operations, internal focus, you're not looking ahead. You yeah. haven't got the time or energy to look ahead and plan for that next three to five years. So there's no vision in place. It's the last thing they think about because they're caught on the hamster wheel putting out fires every day and, and they're just reactive not creative, not proactive, yep. and so nothing changes, right? Because it's like put one fire out, put the next one out, and before you know it, the the ship has hit an iceberg that you didn't see coming because you had your back turned from it. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you see it, and you see it with you know the, these challenges and the six week challenge. I mean, I know guys that did the six week challenge had an influx of leads, and then a month or two later, they're back into man, I got to run another six week challenge. I'm like, wait you just got a hundred plus leads. Like what happened to all those? Mm. Well, they didn't hurt. I'm like, well then it's not a lead issue. You have something else going on in your business that we need to look at to see why those leads did not convert. And all of a sudden they're just running six week challenge after six week challenge. Well, guess what's happening. Everybody's running the same six week challenge and the market is now being, is not responding like it did before because they're seeing it everywhere. So what are you going to do? Wait for the next, challenge to come out and run that like you don't have that's not a sustainable business and so that that's the stuff that kills me it's like man like why are we doing like i get why we're doing these things but the end result the roi is not paying off for a lot of these guys because some of them still have 40 something clients when they just had an influx of 100 plus leads like you should be good like your business should be doing very well after that first six week challenge and and for some, they're still struggling and they're and they're still having to run these things over and over again and they're still getting the same result, if not even less now, because people have they've saturated their area with their marketing that nobody wants to do it anymore.
0: Well, that's it. It's it's another threat to their identity, isn't it? If they can't convert 60 to 70 percent of those challenges long term, they have to then face up with, well, maybe my program isn't as good as I think it is. Maybe my maybe my shit isn't that hot. And I think that's the conversation a lot of the pros don't want to look at. You know, they'll say, I just didn't have the sales process in place. So I didn't have this or I didn't have this. And we say, well, yeah, probably. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you just focus on making that six weeks, the most absolute best results and experience that person's ever had, they would be coming to you and saying, what do I do after this? How do I carry on? So it's like definitely put the systems in place, but yeah, a lot of guys like they 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 do the six week thing, but it's not it's not natural product. It's not natural program. There's no there's no substance behind it because uh, they think, well, I've got the signups. That's me entitled to all the money now, right? Yep. Yep. And it's like that what the marketing wasn't the work. Like that was some of the work, but you've got you've got more work to do now. Yeah. Trainer, remember, and and yeah, and I think you know it's is also getting that balance right of we're all hoping for like the quick fix, if I can just get that marketing dialed in, then I haven't got to worry about anything else. And the fit pros like that end up like like that client who goes into a gym for the first time, doesn't get a six pack in a week and then kicks off and, and wants to quit. Yep. And yep. you're doing the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you are. are. And, that's, and that's where it becomes all things being equal as the market, they're going to look to the cheapest thing right if we're both running six week challenges and there's just nothing different about what you're running and what i'm running then as a as a consumer i'm gonna go to the cheapest one when they might be give, maybe their quality is crappy and it's not the greatest but you made yours no different so why pay x amount of dollars more i'm just gonna go to the cheap guy and get the same six week challenge so even in that six weeks like every single like every day in that six weeks what's that six week onboarding look like from the first seven days the first 14 days the first 21 days like what happens at day 30 like all the man like you can really knock this thing out if you really sit down and really like it's a welcome video and it's a check-in and it's this and it's that man they'd be lining up like you said wanting to join your six-week challenge without you having like the experience itself would be so amazing that the community would be lining up to do your six-week challenge and you wouldn't have to spend as much money as on marketing
0: Mm, that's it
1: and uh remembering that it's
0: again it's i feel a trap a lot of trainers fall into is thinking because it it goes back to identity again that my value is my time and so when they want to add value and they want to differentiate they'll do it usually by adding more sessions you know and they start creeping into this like unlimited sessions or and it's like I, I, I called out two trainers who joined my program on this and they said, well, we want to offer unlimited sessions. So I was like, okay, so if, 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 if Sally Jones, the brand, you know, a 50 year old lady signs up tomorrow for the first time and she says, okay, I want to do 11 sessions this week. Would you let her? And they were like, well, uh, of course not. Like that wouldn't be professional or good programming. And I was like, right, but you just said she can. You just said it's unlimited. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, and, and, and that's when they're falling back. They're reacting to the big boxes again. Yep. So, you know, again, don't give away more time or more access to your guys necessarily because that's not viable and it's not what people actually want. Yeah. You know, like go, circling back to earlier, you said about collaborations. Like, so, you know, we'll, go out, we'll, we'll get other people to give all the stuff away we'll go and get salon discounts or like I said coffee shop vouchers or get collaborate with businesses help them get exposure but let them give all their shit away exactly to your to your clients so they get the benefits of them and it's a win 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 yep. and yep. Um, that again i think ties into what fitpros have to do is stop looking at themselves as the be all and end all or their time being like the only thing that people actually want and pay for and start really focusing on paying for results, and charging for results and experience, not charging for time, because well, that's very finite, and then,
1: then they have to start charging more money for it because it's a finite resource. Exactly, exactly, and then now you're gonna, so what are you gonna do? You're gonna outprice yourself from the market, and now nobody's gonna sign up with you because you're so expensive, because you looked at charging for time versus charging for for experience and results.
0: You know, one of the things we, we, we've been talking about recently is, um, I, I believe, I think I made a post today actually about this. I think, you know, my, my philosophy has always been giving, you know, what does giving value to the market actually mean? And in my, my business model has always been that I believe giving value is giving the highest quality of service to the highest number of people at the highest margin possible. Mm-hmm. So you think about a company like Netflix. And I ask people, I say, do you think Netflix could charge double? Like they're ten bucks a month, they could charge twenty bucks a month, right? So why don't they? Why don't they? Why don't they quote charge what they're worth, right? Because Netflix know that number one, they wanna get, they wanna go wide, and you know they wanna access the highest number of people they can give the good quality service to. And so if they can find a way, and if FitPros can do the same, thing, find ways, if you can find ways to deliver your value at the same level of quality but you can find you can streamline your service and your financials on the back end to bring the cost down or absorb the cost for your customer so instead of saying oh we've got to charge you know 150 bucks a month for this now how can you add that value in but without putting the cost on the customer or even Mm -hmm. taking the cost away if you can find ways to do that Rather than thinking, I'm just going to stack up my front end offer by being a better copywriter, which is not a sustainable strategy. <laughs> but look at the back end and say, how can we absorb these costs or eliminate these costs for the client and still give more? And you know, I think that's going to be the future model that have to look at. And, and collaboration and you know, offsetting labor is going to be a big part of that. Um, whereas big the big boxes, they're saying, like, how can we cut costs but also slash value at the same time? yeah, you'll pay $10 a month for a gym, but you won't have any instructors helping you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I really think if FitPro start looking and, and, and really be obsessed with that, like be obsessed with how can I get, help my service be, you know, be at a high quality, but accessible to the highest proportion of the market whilst absorbing the costs and still being profitable somewhere else, like you said, through retention, through upsells, through back end sales, through organic referrals through multiple income streams through supplemental products find the ways to turn your gym into a real money making machine on the back end don't try and make money on your front end offer you know if you're relying on if you're charging you know two hundred bucks for a six week challenge and you rely you call that revenue you've got a problem yeah and you know we always say whatever you I, I, I challenge my fit pros and say whatever you charge for the front end offer you should be able to put all of that money, reinvest it all back into acquiring and serving and rewarding and gifting that client. So if they pay you two hundred bucks to come in the gym for the six week challenge, you should take that two hundred and spend it right back on them. Yeah. And if you can't afford to do that, again, yeah, not a marketing problem. It's a back end problem.
1: Yep. And that's where a lot of them are at. I mean, I think that's what and and that's where a lot of them are at is that back end piece. Is they are so they have they're one dimensional that we do one on one training or we do team training or large group training, but there's nothing on the back end with maybe supplements or meal prep or meal delivery or some sort of upsell where it says, okay, I don't need hundreds of clients, but if I go deep with the hundred I have, and each of them is involved in different aspects of what we offer. Now the business has five different revenue streams, all making money. Where now that, like you said, that front end offer just gets reinvest back into experience, rewards, results, um, building the tribe, doing things as a community. Um, and because the back end is being, is taking care of the business.
0: Exactly. And actually it's a really good, good strategy we've been doing recently is uh, that's been really working well is uh, we went to all our clients and we started running uh, an ad, ad, Well, we started with our men's gym. Uh, we said we run a program which was add 10 kilos to your deadlift in four weeks.
1: Nice.
0: So I guess that's like, what, like, like 25 pounds or something. For, pounds, yeah. um, you know, and we, and we run it and, and like, we said, it's just going to be like 60, 70 bucks on a Saturday morning. Cause we we took on a coach who has a background in strength and conditioning. And so we were looking to ways of like, yeah, how do we, how do we let our coaches express their unique talents and skills and and get their significance and contribution. And so we said, well, you know, we've got a good technique lifting guy, let's run this. And like we offered it at $70 and you know, literally about 20% of our clients took it straight away. Wow. So that's one session a week extra we paid our guy for to run on Saturday morning, four sessions. Yeah. And then halfway through that, then we started clicking and said, well, hey, the next month we're going to launch a add 10 kilos to your bench press. <laughs> Boom, like even more sold onto that one. Yeah. Um, and then the, the next month we're going to do is, is, you know, add, add some weight to your squat. And then we're just going to keep rotating around those. So we got the whole, the three lifts and, um, like it's, it's waiting list sold out already right now. That's amazing. Um, you know, and now we're looking at one to do for the, for the, for the female clients. And, and with females, with men, we tend to find that performance based goals like add 10 kilos or add six reps or whatever really attracts them. And with the women we are, we're finding, you just make it body part specific. Like a woman doesn't care about adding 10 kilos to a deadlift. But if we do like say it's four weeks um rapid fat loss shred, like hit sessions. Yeah. Or it's four weeks um belly blast or a four week hip and thigh glute toner or something. Um, and they're just running they're like, Take my money. Exactly. Um, so it's yeah, so you know, little things like this, like accessory programs that, that again is one hour a week for us, but we put you know, twenty clients or so in there paying and, and it just these little, these little um, cash injections uh, just go a long way.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it's like you're doing what, you know, 20, 20 times 70 or 60, you're injecting every four weeks an additional $1,000 to $2,000 into the business without really doing much of any more work than what you were already doing. And, and you're helping them, like with men, you know, being able to, there's such, I mean, you can get into the mindset of a guy being able to squat or bench 20 pounds more how much more confident he would feel or a a woman who tones up her glutes and her hips and uh you know her stomach and how much more confident she will feel i mean like and you're doing and just by doing that like you're creating such a an amazing experience that they'll talk about it to other people and now instead of just having facebook ads and being dependent on that you have some organic stuff happening while the facebook ads are happening to where it just that's the perfect storm of just legion
0: yeah, and, and it's and it's kicking off really well. And but but you know, I wanna I wanna take everyone's attention back to the fact that we weren't too concerned with the clients we're gonna if they were gonna take it or not. We it instigated because we, we were looking at our team and we wanted what our, you know, we want our team to have their own voice within the vision. Yep. And so it came down to our coach and we're like, Hey, what can we do for him? Like what would make him like seem really at home and really appreciated and unique in our business and we said hey you, you love strength conditioning you've got a back you've got a, a, a university degree in it would you like to run a strength and conditioning course that, that like you're the man for you're the man and he is just like over the moon like he was he was expecting to do it for free he was like oh i'll, I'll come in saturday and do that and we're like we're gonna pay you for it and he was like oh really like wow <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that's and again you, know, when you build your team like that and you lead the team your business is a product for them, and you're going to attract and retain and ascend team members just as much if not more as end clients um, yeah you, you, you put the focus into them and, and, and they'll bring the clients
1: along for the ride hundred uh, percent and and what that shows them is like, wow, like you know Justin trusts me with the business that so much so that he's allowing me to shine and that's the other thing is. You're allowing, you know, you're putting them in their zone of genius or their gift zone, and letting them shine and trusting them with the business. And dude, like you talk about brand loyalty and and client and team member loyalty, like there's no better way to build that than saying, "Hey, you are the best at this, and I trust you, so I want you to lead this." They will, they will go to bat, I would not say go to war, but they will go to bat for you every single day.
0: Yeah, that's it, man. So. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, but what would you want to finish up with? What would be some parting words or the last thing you really want for pros listening to this to walk away with and what would you like to dent their psyche with more than anything?
1: Yeah, I I think it's, it's, and, and we see, and we really hear it like trust the process and it's such a, a cliche, but it's, and, but man, like you, like this industry is hard and it's going to get harder as more people get into it and more gyms become open and more trainers want to become entrepreneurs and these tech companies get involved. Like there's a lot of chaos in this industry, but if you trust the process and the process is understanding clients are still going to come to you for results and they're going to come for you for, to, to you for, experience and put everything aside like systems and scaling as important as all that is there is a right time and a place for that when you get to a certain point but when you're first starting out I would I like I would not worry and not think about my brand my logo what my thing everything looks like it's how do I create the best experience and how do I deliver the best results everything else will take care of itself but you got to trust that process in your first year is going to be one hell of a year and it's going to be a hard year but if you do those things and you work on delivering that experience and you work on getting those clients results and they're talking about it and you're involved in the community we talked about earlier like figure out what those that third place is if I was starting out those are the three things I would focus on in my first year because that will set up year two year three and moving forward that's when you start looking at okay now I got to get Systems in place because I can't do it all anymore. I need to hire a team or a trainer, but I can't do that yet until I get somebody to handle some of these processes. And now you start figuring out the processes. So I think in parting, that's for me, like I would focus on that and know that you are still in an industry that, from a financial standpoint, with a recession or all that looming and being talked about, fitness is always going to be, I always call fitness one of those recession proof jobs because. People are still going to need to work out. They're still going to be stressed out of their mind. And if you're the guy or the gal that's talking about how to work or overcome that, they will come to you, recession or no recession. They will find you. Um, But I think you focus on those three things, you will have an amazing business.
0: Fantastic, man. That's uh, so much value. I hope people go and listen to that again. Um, Because it's listen to the process, like yada, 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 the boring stuff everyone thinks. But uh, again, yeah, it's, it's, ex- you're going to see at some point, that's exactly where it is. And, um, there's nothing magical about it. Just like you tell your own clients they, they don't do anything new, you know, they're going to, they're still doing the same squats, pushes, and pulls they did a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> um, you, tell, you tell them, stick with the process, um, stop hopping around, looking for new things. And um, yeah, and, and you know, it's just patience, perspective, consistency. And um, just, again, no one stays in the game long enough. And I think everyone tries to sprint so hard that they don't realize it's a marathon and they sprint themselves and exhaust themselves off the track within 90 days. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, you get like trainer train burnout. <laughs> Trainers, Trainers burnout, we man. <laughs> yeah, like, like we were saying before we came on, on record, you know, there's a lot of guys in, in the, the marketing industry that we know that started, you know, years ago, and they've just disappeared. Yeah. And I tell people like, you know, um, my, you know my program is successful and our gyms are successful. I said, it's not because we're doing anything magical. It's just because after eight years, we're the only ones left. <laughs> it's like, cool. you know, all you've got to do is just stay in the game. Yep. Like, and not fall off the track. If you do that, the competition eliminate themselves.
1: They will, because they're you playing know? the short-term game, and you're playing the long, t- you're playing the marathon, and it's like, we know we're just, we're just going to outlast them because they're going to work themselves so much that they're going to burn out and just quit. We're still, we'll, we'll still be there because we just outlasted and we were smart about what we did to outlast them so that we were around for eight years, nine years, ten years when everybody else was just all in for the first year and then got burnt out.
0: Yeah, well, that's it, man. And, and so there's so much more. I'd love to, I know we could talk for hours and there's so much more. We'll have to, we'll have to um, get you back on here again soon, maybe even do a, a multi-part series or something. Yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, so where can, you know, where can Fit Pros find out more about you and um, where would you recommend they go next to keep, continue this conversation?
1: Uh, So to find out about me, uh, I'm on Instagram, it's Khalid Almasri, and then the number one, um, Facebook, just look up Khalid Almasri, and then if you want to know anything about Rise, or the event, or my coaching, uh, go to attendrise.com, there's all, you know, there's a bunch of information on there about who's speaking this year, some testimonials, if you have any questions, just shoot me an email, it's Khalid.almasri at attendrise.com, I'm more than happy to talk to you.
0: All right, cool. Thanks. Now I'll I'll have those links and I'll drop them wherever you're listening to this. If it's iTunes or Google or whatever, check around above, below the podcast. You'll see all those links again to Instagram, Facebook, the Rise Conference. And if you're in the States or willing to travel further, you definitely want to go and check it out. Uh, You won't be disappointed. So thanks again, Carl. It's great to talk as usual, my friend, and we'll definitely have you back
1: sometime in the future. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. I mean, thank you for bringing me on. I, I definitely look forward to uh, coming back on and then actually speaking at your event here in Cyprus. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That's going to happen. Definitely. We've got a couple <laughs> of guys coming home from Canada again, so maybe we can hop on the flight with them. Nice. Love it. I'm there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll catch up with you very soon. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. This has been the Fitness Business Blueprint Podcast, and we will see you on another episode.